Hey, it's Scott Petrak with another episode of the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast. Deshaun Watson drew three touchdowns in the second half Sunday as the Browns showed resilience and grit in a 24-10 win over the Commanders. The season ends Sunday in Pittsburgh, and the Browns have the chances to spit, play spoiler again and finish 8-9 nine, and nine for the second straight season. Here to discuss is Dave Chodowski of Go, the WKYC Morning News. Hey, Chud. Scott, we uh, called it. I mean, yeah. listen, we don't get we don't get them all right. We don't get them all wrong, and our, our record's nothing to brag about. But boy, we <laughs> if you listen last week, we 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 got that one, man. I mean, we we both, you know, we both said it could go either way, but uh, you know, we both went Browns and felt like Washington was a fraud and that the Browns would find a way to get it done, and they did. Yeah, they did. I tell you what, I didn't feel great about it when uh, Washington went on that. 21 play, 12 minute drive <laughs> in the first half. Right. You think, right. oh, you know, they take the lead in the halftime. They got the ball to start the third quarter. But things changed in the second half. And for all the times we've talked and fans have talked about a lack of adjustments, I, I thought the Browns and the coaching staff did a nice job making some changes in that second half. And all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson was protected better. He looked more comfortable in the pocket. Receivers were getting open which I'm not sure was the case in the first half. It felt like he didn't have a lot of places to go with the ball. And in the second half, he did. And part of that's the receivers getting open, you know, and part of that is Kevin Stefanski, the play caller, scheming them open, right? I mean, a couple of those, the crossing route from Cooper and down Peoples-Jones, the second and third touchdowns, the third and second, um, you know, were against zone. It was, those were good play calls against that defense, on the first touchdown, Cooper just beat his guy in and out and then broke a tackle. Uh, so I think it was a combination of everything, and everything was better in the second half, including the defense. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do think, you know, I opened by saying it was a, you know, show of resilience and grit, and I do believe that. I think the Browns, for having been eliminated from playoff contention the week before and a bad loss at home to New Orleans, I thought they showed something by playing the way they did in Washington. And we'll get back to that. And that's obviously, you know, that's us saying hello to each other. But I think before we really get into the game, we got to yeah. address Damar Hamlin and, sure. and talk about that situation. And, boy, obviously a scary moment there the other night. Uh, just something, you know, Scott, I got to be honest. One of my first thoughts after the initial thoughts of a human being and being concerned for him and, you know, all of those things and just, gosh, I mean, you know, it's, you know, bigger than a game and, and that type of thing. One of my thoughts was, you know, I, I can't believe we haven't seen this happen more often, really, in such a violent game and, um, you know, the, the concern that's always out there with concussions. But, you know, those were some of my first initial thoughts. And, boy, thank goodness that, um, you know, the first responders, I mean, you know, credit to them. But what, what are your uh, thoughts on the situation? Yeah, Um Obviously, really difficult to watch. And all you needed to do was look at the faces of the Bills and Bengals on the field to know how serious this was and how it was different and still is different than most things we see on a football field, right? I, you know, we get desensitized to things, or at least I do. And you see a guy go down, you see a stretcher come out, you see players kneel, and you can tell there's a difference. Right, a difference in an in injury. If it's a knee versus maybe it's a concussion, maybe it's a back thing or a you know a thing where you're worried about paralysis. Right, like I, we've covered that, we've all watched that, and you can see the degree of concern on the players. Um, first of all, this was on a different level 
just from watching the player reaction. And obviously, the fact that his heart stopped takes it to a whole nother level that we really haven't seen many times in this, you know, in football and in this league. I know a player in 1971 died um, on the field. It was a heart-related issue. It was a little different than this. But um, it's been a long time, right? So, you know, you're almost like, well, okay, you're waiting for the thumbs up. All right, he's going to go to the hospital. You know, you're going to get an update. And that always adds gravity to the game. And it makes you wonder how these players can go out there and on the next snap play hard and put their bodies on the line. And it's probably not an exaggeration to, exaggeration to say put their lives on the line. Uh, but that just got driven home by what we saw Monday night. And, you know, I was in the locker room. We're taping this. We're starting to tape this on Thursday morning. I was in the locker room Wednesday. And it just felt uncomfortable asking football questions because the Browns don't know DeMar Hamlin, right, the players that we talked to. They don't know him. And it still had a huge effect on these players. And, you know, David Njoku said, yeah, I don't know if we're ready. You know, he had a long pause when I asked him if he thought they were ready to practice or think about playing Sunday, you know. Greg Newsom, you know, was asked, I asked, I think it was I, somebody, I think it was me, but asked him about playing on Sunday, you know, and I just wanted, he goes, it's going to be tough to finish out this last game. Uh, so, it, you know, eventually, <laughs> not eventually, this weekend, there's going to be more games, right? That's the expectation. And people will start cheering and cussing and all the things you normally do watching football. But I think if you're, maybe for anybody watching, but sure, certainly if you're intimately involved with this game, uh, I think what we saw Monday night is going to have a lasting impact. Do you think that they should consider shutting down the weekend and not playing any games? Um, I, yeah, I certainly think that that – I don't think it's a thought anymore. Um, now, if we had – and it feels like the, you know, the latest updates – are things are progressing with DeMar Hamlin. If, God forbid, something went wrong there, then I think the NFL could reconsider. But as of now, and with him showing signs of progress, it certainly feels like they're going to play this weekend. Um, so whether or not they should consider that, I, I think I, I think it's difficult, Chad. I think you need to take the temperature of the players, and you have to be involved with the NFLPA on this, just like I think, you know, now there's the NFL's denying that there was ever going to be a five minute warm up period. But just like I, I didn't think you could play, you could continue playing Monday night without the players saying, yes, we're ready to play. And obviously they weren't. I think the same discussion needs to happen regarding Sunday's games. Um, but I feel like they're going to play them. And I feel like probably most players would be ready to and would want to. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is difficult. As the player said, this is life and death. I don't think you should just assume, yes, we're going to play because the playoffs start next week, right? Because we have a deadline of the Super Bowl. Like I get the real world implications of all that. Um, but I think you do have to humanize it. And I think that's something that the players have really stressed since Monday night is players need to be treated as humans and not just entertainers, not just gladiators, right? not just a line in your fantasy football matchup. These are human beings. And if you're not, – not only if you're the Bengals and Bills, but especially if you're the Bengals and Bills, there could be some mental health repercussions from watching what happened. 
And I do think the NFL needs to take that seriously. Um, that doesn't mean I think they should cancel the games or postpone the games. I just think it needs to be um, – I, I think it needs to be considered. Yeah, just imagine what it was like for those players and you're you're seeing the first responders give CPR and you're wondering if your teammate, your friend is, is still alive and is going to make it through. It's not just whether they tore an ACL or – you know, broken ankle, which is bad enough, right? But right. Um, I, I had a friend who, you know, sent me a tweet and said, you know, he was at the game, scariest thing he's ever seen. Oh said my you could hear a pin drop. Said you could hear a pin drop. You could see them performing CPR, and the players tried to form a wall to block people from seeing oh. it. Just terrific. I mean, I, I just, you know, can only imagine. And I like what you said, though, about being desensitized because, you know, I, you know, I've been doing this since – the news business since 1997, you know, that's when I graduated college and I've seen a lot of things, man. I covered Columbine in Colorado and I was a news photographer saw a lot of things I wish I didn't see. And, you know, it, you do, you kind of, you, man, you make a great point. So for people that it's just, but still, even when you are desensitized, when you, when you see something like that, it just really, um, you know, words can't explain it. And it, it just does make you wonder how these guys are going to be able to go out and, and play this weekend, as you've mentioned, even if, you know, the Browns. I mean, I, yeah. Can you talk more about what it was like in the locker room, yeah. like comparing to what it's like, you know, in, in another weekend or another well, week? Yeah, I mean, first of all, just a topic of conversation, right? It, it, was, it was mostly about DeMar Hamlin. And when the questions veered away from that, it felt weird. And David Njoku even, he got asked a question about playing the Steelers. And he said, he goes, I'm st still thinking about DeMar, right? And, and he answered the question, but he kind of reminded all the reporters, I think, that, hey, like, we, we can't just move past this, right? And and not to get bogged down in the weeds, but, you know, like, there's plenty of times where there's a conversation that needs to happen in the media outside of football, right? And we saw that with Deshaun Watson. And then there's a time where you feel like, okay, you ran out of those kind of questions. Maybe then you switch to football, right? For what, whatever the topic is. Um, and Watts is just like the most recent one that comes to mind, right? When we talked to him before he came back, there were a bunch of – we tried to ask non-football questions and then eventually he switches to football. And that happens for a, a bunch of different um, circumstances. But this one, it just felt like I, I just never felt – really comfortable and I, it's, I'm saying I didn't ask any football questions because Nick Chubb I asked him a football question because we shifted um but it's really hard to make that shift and I don't think guys for the most part wanted to talk about football I think they wanted to talk about this and how important it is so yeah you know Kevin Stefanski you know said hey we have to I don't know if he said turn the page he said you know we have to do our jobs right like transition he said you know, we need to transition from this to doing our jobs but that doesn't mean we quit thinking about DeMar Hamlin. And, and I think that was really well said is, hey, they're expecting us to play a football game. That's what we do. You know, there's nothing really the Browns can do to help DeMar Hamlin, right, besides talk nice about him and pray and, you know, maybe donate money. But, like, you know, the Browns not practicing isn't helping DeMar Hamlin. But you don't want to be – you want to keep the focus on what's important. So I think um, that was kind of the dual goal of – yesterday and I think it'll continue throughout the week um and it, it's just tough there was a you know it, it wasn't like 
the the locker room was crazy somber, right? Guys were joking around and stuff. But um, when we talked to these players and DeMar Hamlin was the subject, um, it was difficult. And, you know, Greg Newsom says his heart hurt. And he goes, I can't imagine if you knew DeMar Hamlin. My heart hurts and I don't, and I don't even know him. So I, I think yeah. guys really had a, a sense of the gravity of the situation. Yeah, last thing I'm going to say on it is, uh, you know, from another – from the NFL vantage point, though, I've I've traveled with the Browns. I, you know, I used to do sidelines in preseason. Yep. I think I've told you this before. I mean, I saw some things. I was like, wow, man, the NFL is more powerful than I even knew. And I know you've seen it too and being, you know, covering the Browns. I mean, we know how powerful – think about this, man. COVID basically shut down the entire world in some form. But the NFL is like the one business that like somehow still had the draft, still made it through, still found a way. Uh, and at the end of the day, and, and this sounds terrible to say, but like the NFL is such a big business. It, like this is about as close as you could come to it being affected because there's a possibility they might not make up that game. And mm-hmm. maybe the Buffalo games affected this week. I guess the bottom line is the NFL is so big that, you know, unfortunately they move on. Yeah, it's true, and, you know, and I'm kind of torn by this, Chud, because, you know, like, if somebody if somebody suffer, has a heart attack at your office, right? Like, the news doesn't stop, right? Like, you guys right. still do a newscast. If it happens to CVS, yeah. like, CVS necessarily doesn't shut down, or all CVSs don't shut down. Like, so, like, I get that we're in a, it's a real-world situation, and it's one yeah. person in this huge machine. I get it, but I, I do think the important thing is, are the players ready to play? And if most of them are, or the majority, you know, or maybe you give the option to some guys to say, hey, if you don't, if you can't play this week, we understand that, right? Like, maybe that's where the compromise that's made, um, and, and that's a team level or a league level or whatever level that's on. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the football's going to go on, and the players know what they sign up for, right? I don't know. If, right. I don't know if every player in his in his mind has thought I could make a tackle and my heart could stop. Right. I don't know if that, that part of it, that reality had gone through players' minds, but they do know that there's a chance of concussion, right. And there's a chance of paralysis, like everything we've seen before. Um, yeah. They choose to play anyway, but I think this is just a really stark reminder and that each individual player has to make a decision moving forward. Um, and then probably for 99% of them, figure out a way to go back to playing as hard as you did, um, despite having seen this happen. Yeah, no, you make excellent points there, man. You, good points. And, and you're right, they do sign up for it because just like it could happen in another business, I mean, you know, and, and I'm not saying this as a joke, I'm, I'm being serious about it. Like, at my job or your job, we didn't sign up to get hit in the head, you know? Right, So right, right. Um, that, that's what they signed up for. So, yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. Anything else on this before we go back to the Browns? No, uh-uh, we're good. Okay. All right. I, I think the big thing for me with that game is, and I thought about this before making the prediction, and you and I both talked about this, is we saw enough signs in this team that we didn't think they were going to quit because they had shown us that when they were down before, they came back the next week and they did it multiple times. That's exactly what they did, man. They even, and this was the ultimate way because they knew they were eliminated from the playoffs and they still came back and didn't quit. So that says a lot to me. And I think it also says a lot about Kevin Stefanski. It, you know, I, I agree completely, Chud. Um, you know, we saw we saw progress again from Deshaun Watson, right? Like, that's one of the big takeaways. 
Didn't look good in the first half. Throws three touchdowns. First time he's led more than one touchdown drive in a game. I think that's big progress. But I I would say you're right. Probably the biggest takeaway is this team played hard, continue to play hard, and that's a good sign for Kevin Stefanski, who, you know, he's coming back next year, right? So, like, you know, I know there's stuff out there, oh, my gosh, it's, you know, they're going to miss the playoffs again. Like, I, I don't see a way that Kevin Stefanski doesn't return next year. So, having said that. Great. And, and, right? and well, before you continue on, we said that, yeah. and I thought that after hearing what Deshaun Watson said, but this proves it even more, I, I think, the fact that they didn't quit on him. Yeah, I, I agree. And so having said that, it's about, okay, you know, and we can argue about if momentum carries from one year to the next. But you're looking for not you know, not just signs of progress, but you're looking for things you need to see out of your team, right? And what your coach does and what your coach gets out of them. And how can you build on things? And culture, right? Culture is so nebulous. And I don't even know if the Browns, Analytics people believe in culture. It, like, you know, the concept of can you really build culture, you know, maybe just happens from winning. But I do believe in culture, and I see the Steelers go from 2-6 and six to 8-8 eight and eight with a chance to go to the playoffs. And to me, that's a culture thing, right? They just don't accept awful seasons. They don't accept losing seasons. Mike Thomas never had one. So I think as you try to create this sense of, hey, we're not the team that fires coaches after three years. We're not the team that, you know, that it starts to snowball, right? And four and seven turns into four and 13 instead of eight and nine, right? There is a difference there. And I think how the Browns are finishing the season, and it remains to be seen how they finish it, finish it, but how they're playing at the end of the season when the playoffs have, you know, have been out of the question the last week, but really were a long, long shot for the last almost month. I think that's, a step in the right direction um, from a big picture standpoint. It doesn't make you feel any better if you're a fan about not going to the playoffs. But I do think um, how they're finishing, I, I think that's important. So the question is, and I had this in my mind to ask you this a little bit later, but I'm going to go right to it now. Is this what the future can hold? Meaning them playing hard for Stefanski, do you think there's a chance that next year, you know, we, we see the Deshaun Watson we saw in the past, kind of the guy that we saw in the second half last week. And does this give you hope that, you know, basically does it give you hope for the future? And also if they fail at the beginning of next year, that's where Stefanski yeah. then is on the hot seat. If, if they don't, yeah. if they don't get going and they don't get, get off to a hot start next year and they let the season slip way early, then there's a problem, right? Yeah, I, I'd agree with all that. Judd. And, you know, I think it's interesting. Um, you know, I, like I'm kind of working under under the assumption that Joe Woods, the defensive coordinator, gets fired at the end of the season. I don't know that that's going to happen. I'm not even saying it should happen. I just think, you know, we've talked about it. You missed the playoffs a couple years in a row. You think you're better than that. You think you have the talent. Something needs to change. We've all, we've agreed that the defense has been the problem this year, right, for the most part, uh, especially early in the year. Um, so you think something needs to change. And I think one of the biggest reasons to make that move, if you're going to make the move of firing Joe Woods, is that you can't start 2023 thinking, how is our defense going to start at the beginning of the year? And if it plays like it has the last two years at the beginning, because it's a similar path in 2021 and 2022 where it struggles and then gets better at the end, then what do you do? Are you prepared to fire him at week three? Right? Like, so I think that's a reason – in the column of fire Joe Woods. 
Now, you could probably make the same argument with Kevin Stefanski, except I don't think it's gotten there with Kevin Stefanski. He's shown me personally enough, and I believe he's shown the organization, the Haslam's in the front office, enough to say, we trust this guy. And we think with Deshaun Watson for a full season and all the other elements that Kevin Stefanski is going to be the right guy. Um, so, yeah, I get it that the hot seat, if you want to call it that, will <laughs> – kick in if the Browns struggle at the beginning of the next year. But I don't think it's warm enough right now to warrant that kind of change. But then to get to your, your first question is, yeah, I think that's the, the goal is for Deshaun Watson to look like that, right? And if he does, and we're talking about whole games, and does he take over games? Right? We haven't seen him take over a game yet. We haven't seen him lead that fourth quarter winning drive. Um, if you begin to see that, right, whether it's in Pittsburgh or next year, at the start of next year, then yes, this team can be good. If he plays like a top five, top seven quarterback, then I believe this team is talented enough with guys like Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb and Denzel Ward that you can say, yeah, the Browns can compete with the Kansas Cities in the Bengals, you know, in the Cincinnati's, in the Buffaloes, right? Teams with elite quarterbacks. If Deshaun Watson plays at that level, I think the rest of the roster is close enough that the Browns are in that conversation. But he needs to play yeah. like that. Right. And we started to see that in the second half with the three touchdowns and 122.5 rating. And the fact that he ran a couple of times, right. You're starting to see a little bit more of that. It's only here and there, but it makes a difference, right. He picked up a third down with the zone read. Um, he scored the touchdown on the keeper against New Orleans. Right. So if you put all that together, I can envision that at least I can, that this is what the Browns thought is that if he plays at this elite level, we can be, an elite team. Yeah. And when the defense plays well, they win. They've showed us that this year. When the defense is on, you know, there's a better chance to get that victory. And the other thing I'll say, too, is, man, Washington. Just, I mean, Carson <laughs> Wentz. That, that, you know, let, let's give the Browns – no question I give the Browns credit, but it's not like they were up against uh, the Chiefs here. I mean, they were up against Carson Wentz and just – I mean, look, obviously looking back at it, it's like – and I think even looking at it beforehand, we were questioning whether that was the smart move. I, he he just did not look good. No, he didn't. I mean, he gave him – you know, Grant Delpit got him twice. Denzel Ward got him once. Um, you know, but outside of that one drive at the end of the second half, he wasn't good. The commanders weren't good. I understand kind of why Ron Rivera made that move. Heineke had struggled. But obviously, looking back on it, it it's the wrong move. All right, Scott, let's move on to this week now. Big game, Steelers, obviously not big because of the playoffs or anything like that, but uh, you have a chance to sweep the Steelers. You have a chance to go out on a nice little winning streak here. So before we get to uh, predictions and everything, uh, how are we looking health-wise? Um, yeah, not too bad. I would say right tackle Jack Conklin hasn't practiced Wednesday and Thursday. So, you know, they haven't ruled him out yet, but I think there's a chance that you could have James Hudson the third at right tackle, and we'll get to that, but that could be a little bit scary. Denzel Ward didn't practice either. Um, he's been at least on the bike. He's got a shoulder injury. Um, so I think there's a chance he plays. You know, you always wonder if it's the last week to even risk it, but um, we'll see how he is Friday if he's out there practicing. Um, I think those are the two big ones. Ethan Posick, the center, was sick. On Thursday, didn't practice, but I would think he makes it back. How about the locker room on uh, Thursday? You know, a lot of, 
you know, talk about coaches, maybe assistant coaches being fired. You had mentioned that earlier yeah. uh, during this discussion. Um, you know, anything of note out of the locker room there? Nothing crazy. I did talk to safety Grant Dalpit, who I think has been playing a lot better lately. You know, was kind of in the middle of a bunch of bad plays early. So I talked to him, and I'm hoping to write that this weekend, just about his season and where he thinks he is uh, and his development. But then I asked him at the end about Joe Woods. And, you know, you never know what guys are going to say, right? And I understand that if people think, oh, he's just going to support him. But he did say, you know, he loves Joe Woods. And he pointed to the fact that he made the playoffs – or the Browns made the playoffs in 2020, which was Woods' first year here, right? There's a whole coaching staff's really first year – um, but they made it. And then they finished, you know, not that these stats mean everything, but the defense was fifth overall a year ago. Um, and they've had they've been better in the second halves of seasons, which I know is frustrating for fans. So Delpit did say he loves him. He loves the whole staff. Um, you know, he wants him back, but obviously it's not his decision. Steelers are playing well. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, how they started the season, and they were in the same boat as the Browns with that playoff chance, and theirs is still alive. So you have the chance to play spoiler spoiler this week, and you have a chance to sweep the Steelers. So as a Browns fan, how much do you take into this game? I mean, are you excited as a Browns fan for this game? I mean, does beating them twice in a year mean something? I mean, you know, where do you kind of think uh, the uh, the hearts and the minds of Browns fans are? I think so, Chud. I think there's a few reasons, and you hit on them, or hit on most of them. You know, it's been since 1988 since the Browns swept the Steelers. It's kind of a big deal. The Steelers haven't had a losing record under Mike Tomlin, and I think it stretches back even further than that. Um, so you hand them a losing record. You knock them out of the playoffs. And I think those are all things fans can sink their teeth into, as well as this is the last game, right? And, uh, you know, I know the season's been disappointing and frustrating and all that, but it's the last time you get to go watch a Browns real game until, like, September 10th next year, right, or whatever that weekend is, the weekend after Labor Day. So it's a long time to go without a Browns game if you're a big Browns fan. So I think there is a level of excitement. You have the Deshaun Watson factor. Nick, Ch Nick Chubb is chasing, trying to get to 1,500 yards. Amari Cooper needs 81 to pass his career high. David Njoku is close to career best and catches in yardage. Like all these things are, you know, obviously not as important as the playoffs. But I, I think it's reason to watch and reason to be interested, certainly. About the Steelers, I mean, what what are they doing well right yeah. now? They got an, uh, you know, they have a quarterback that when you watch him, I've seen other people tweet this, I've thought this, I've heard experts say, people are concerned that this could be the next Big Ben, like this could be their quarterback of the future. Uh, they're they're playing well, um, low scoring games. I was looking right. at their scores, they you know not a lot of points, but you know, can you kind of just anyone that might not been following them bring them up to speed? Yeah, I, I, I you know the Big Ben Ben comparison, you know is obviously premature and and I see some of it right he likes Kenny Pickett the rookie out of pit likes to get outside the pocket uh he's got some movement skills he's not nearly as big as Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have the same arm as Ben Roethlisberger I think he throws it okay you know I went back and I watched the last couple games um and they beat the Raiders and they beat the Ravens and like there's some really good throws I I, I don't know if the arm strength is you know, I don't think it's elite. I wonder if it's just average or is it slightly above average? You know, I'm still kind of trying to figure it out. I'm like, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing it Sunday in person. I think sometimes you pick up, um, you know, things by watching it, you know, especially arm strength, by watching it 
in person. Uh, but he's definitely got some moxie to him. You know, game-winning drives the last two weeks. He went down, he needed a touchdown, and he got a touchdown to beat the Ravens. You know, and he gets outside the pocket and finds Najee Harris. The running back makes a good throw, you know, on the move. is only a 10-yard touchdown, but still is a good throw. Put it right where he needed to. So there's a lot to like. And when you talk about how the Steelers went from 2-6 and six to 8-8, eight and eight, it starts with Pickett, right? He didn't start the season at quarterback. Mitchell Trubisky is, did. He took over. Pickett had a couple concussions, missed some time. Threw a lot of picks early and then hasn't been throwing picks lately. And that's obviously huge. Steelers have run the ball much better. Najee Harris, there are a lot of people down on him early in the year. You know, I think, you know, fantasy owners, I know, you know, we talk about that every once in a while, wasn't living up to expectations early. There were were clips out there of him missing holes. Um, He's played a lot better lately. The Steelers run games a lot better than it was earlier in the year. And I think they've committed to it, which obviously they hadn't done toward the end of Big Ben's career is, you know, throw it 45 times. And then defensively, you know, T.J. Watt's back. <laughs> he got hurt in week one, missed time, missed the Browns, the first game against the Browns in week three. And he makes a huge difference. And you add that to Minka Fitzpatrick has six interceptions, tied for the league lead. Cam Hayward's playing great. Um, they got Alex Highsmith on the opposite side of Watt, and he can get to the quarterback. Uh, so it just it feels like everything's kind of coming together. And they're playing really good defense, and the quarterback's not killing them and then making a couple big plays when it counts. Ready for prediction time? I am. I am. Me or you, buddy? Um, I think my turn. Let's go. Um, let's see. I am. Uh, we are both eight and eight yeah. after last week. Browns are seven and nine. So those are, you know, that's a nice little win for us with the Browns winning and you and I both getting it right. That jumps us up to 8-8. We're 500 on the year. I think what's funny is I think we pretty much at the beginning of the year had them around eight or nine wins, yeah. right? Didn't we? Like, I yeah. mean, if they win this game, they'd be 8-9. and nine. Yeah, that's true. And it's interesting because it feels like such a letdown, right? And there's, we've talked about it. There's a bunch of reasons for that. But that's the reality, Chud, is I think we both thought that they would be hovering around 500, and I think we both had them finishing just below 500. So if they got to 8-9, and nine, obviously not a success. But it's the same as last year. It's, you know, right around, you know, it's as close as you get to 500 without being 500. Uh, and I think there are some positives. But when you get into the season and you look at the way they lost games, that's what's a killer for the fans, right? They let the Jets game get away from them. They let the Falcons. They let the chart, right? You can name these games, and all of a sudden – you're playing, you know, you got you got nine or ten wins and you got a chance to go to the playoffs. And obviously that's not where they are. Yeah. All right. So Brown seven nine, we're both eight and eight. I'm seeing as of today, two and a half. Steelers minus two and a half. I've seen minus three. Over under 40 and a half. Uh yeah, I think I think that line is pretty respectful to the Browns. You know, I I, I think that they Vegas could kind of see it going either way. I mean, usually we always talk about the home team. You always kind of figure it's, you know, kind of minus three. But uh, right. do you agree with that, that that's kind of a little bit of respect to the Browns? I, I do. And I do. You know, I mean, that, right. That means that on a neutral field, they'd probably be, you know, a pick them game. That feels kind of right to me, Chud. You know, I, I think the Browns have the advantage of quarterback. Uh, I think the Steelers have an overall better defense. You know, hard to argue against that. Mm-hmm. Um but like from a talent perspective, you know, I, I just kind of feel like they're, they're real similar teams. I, I just do. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. I said I'd go first. Here's what I'm going to do. Um, and I don't, I'm not picking this because I think they're necessarily the better team, but I think they're hotter. They're at home. And you said it 1988, the last time they swept the Steelers. And I just think, man, when you're playing for a chance to go to the playoffs and you're the Steelers under Mike Tomlin, I'm going to give the edge to the coaching staff, not a knock against yeah. Stefanski, but Tomlin's been here, done that. It's hard for me to him. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine uh, them letting this one slip away. I don't think they're going to crush the Browns. I think the Browns could win this game. I, I don't think this is a guaranteed lock, stock, and barrel Steelers win. But I am going to pick Pittsburgh, and I'm going to go 20-16. to 16. All right. I agree with a lot of that, Chud. And I've really been torn over this pick because I, I kind of think the Browns are better. But – the Steelers have more to play for. It's at home. And both those are big. You know, I mean, the Browns have won one game at whatever's called us. And I, I got to look up the name of the stadium before I get it's there on fight. Sunday, right? The former yeah. Heinz yeah. Field, um, Akersher, Akersher Stadium. The Browns have won yeah, one game yeah, there, yeah. right? They won one regular season game there since it opened. And then they won the one playoff game. So obviously, no success. Uh, we know the Steelers have more to play for. Steelers are playing well. All those things you said. Now, I, I, it's not hard for me to figure out a way for the Browns to win this. I feel like the Browns are more explosive. Now, it's weird to say that because the Steelers have a couple big-time receivers, right? The rookie Pickens is really good. Deontay Johnson's really good, although he doesn't have a – I don't think he has a touchdown this year, which is mind-blowing. He's got like 84 catches. Um, but they had a couple of good receivers. We talked about Harris. Um, but I feel like the Browns, you know, offensively, they got Chubb and they got their receivers. I feel like the Browns are more explosive. They got, um, obviously, Deshaun Watson. But a couple of those injuries that you talked, that you mentioned earlier, uh, I, I think those could play a big part. Not, you know, don't miss Denzel Ward if he doesn't play, but they have some depth at corner. So that doesn't worry me as much if you're a Browns fan. But not having Jack Conklin, and you got to play, let's assume you don't have Jack Conklin. You got to go James Hudson the third. I mean, TJ Watt had four sacks against Baker Mayfield in that game late last year. I guess the second last game. Uh, they sacked Baker nine times. Hudson – or Watt had four of them, and Watt always lines up over the right tackle. So I think it's pretty safe to say that Hudson gave up all four. Now, I talked to people today who said, hey, he'll be better because he's seen him before. He's started some games this year, Hudson has, although not lately, right? Um, Conklin came back week three. But he has started. He's played some this year. It's just a really hard matchup, and if the game's going to be low scoring, you know, it could come down to a key sack, right, or a key strip sack. T.J. Watt's really good at that. So it's I, that matchup would concern me if I'm the Browns, and I'm going to give the edge to the team that needs it more, and, and that's the Steelers, right? As much as the Browns wanted to do, uh, win for all those reasons we talked about, the Steelers could still be playing the next week if they win this game. So – I'm going to go Steelers 23-21. Um, but like you like to say, I'm going to leave myself a little wiggle room if I want to change before Sunday, just because I'm that torn about who to pick. Yeah, and we usually never do that, but no. it is we do have free reign to do <laughs> yep. Browns, just so you know, because if we both go Steelers, no matter what, then we tie. I know. The, uh, but that's all right, you know. I know, I'll great, think about great it. Great minds <laughs> think alike, right? Yeah, I'm kidding, but uh, – 
If Con- <laughs> maybe if Conklin, you know, if Conklin starts or I talk to Hudson, get a good vibe out of him on Friday, um, maybe I'll change my mind, right? Like, because I really, you know, I, there are a lot of things I like about the Browns in this matchup. Um, but like, just like we said, right? You tend to give it, I tend to give it to the, te- to the team that has more motivation. And that sure as heck seems to be the Steelers. And I'll tell you what, Mike Tomlin has had this team focused. And if you watch his mic'd up from a couple weeks ago, he really thinks his Steelers team has grown up. Um, I listened to his press conference on Tuesday, and he talked about DeMar Hamlin early, and then he wouldn't talk about him, and he was good because he's a Pittsburgh kid and he went to Pitt, so he knows him. But then he wouldn't talk about yeah. it after that. Like, he really wanted to shift the focus to beating the Browns and going to the playoffs. So yeah, uh, yeah, I just kind of like where their heads are. And I'll tell you, if the Browns do the, win this, Scott, you know – we know this better than anybody. If the Browns win this game, knock the Steelers out of the playoffs, and Deshaun Watson throws for like four touchdowns and like has his game of the year, oh, it's going to be an off season. Just like everyone's going to go crazy and so excited about next year, right? I mean, yeah. you know that's coming. Oh, there's there'd be no doubt, you know, and there, it, there'd be the mix of oh my gosh, look at all the chances you blew, but yeah, oh what, yeah, right. but, but 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 what do you have to look forward to and. You know, a lot about – so much of that is about Watson, but it's more than that, right? And it's if this team plays well at the end and you feel better about Kevin Stefanski if you're a fan, you know, all those things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. I really am. All right, enjoy it. That's it for me, buddy. All right, thank you, Chud, as always. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been another episode of Zone Coverage, and you can read all my work at brownzone.com. Thanks.